Pittsburgh. Now here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens and you should too. 412-919-1316 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina back in the studio. Check him out there at FBomber73. And please tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. All of our hockey guests brought to you by Wall Family Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, by Easy Home Exteriors, by Armstrong, 84 Lumber, and by PIA, School for Aviation Maintenance and Electronics. We now bring in from The Athletic, Sean Gentilly, whose column was fabulous last night. I don't know. Do you know what's going to happen during the game, before the game happens? Because I've never written anything that good, first of all. And then secondly, you get it done that quick. I mean, that's pretty good, Sean. I mean, not to tip my hand to the process, but, yeah, I started I started writing that about midway through the third like once, once Murray gave up the third goal, I was like, "A, they, it felt like they should have yanked him in game at at that point." And B, I was like, I, by by that point, I was like, "Okay, they're gonna, regardless of the outcome of this, whether they whether they hold on or or, or whatever, it seems like a change is gonna happen." So, so yeah, man, I <laughs> you throw together some stuff and then you then you change the specifics as 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 needed. But yeah, that was. That was done. That was done pretty quickly. It feels like so many other Penguins losses that we've seen over mm-hmm. the years in the playoffs. What can be done from a change standpoint here? Because I'd be very surprised. I think if Jack Johnson was out of the lineup in game number four. Me too, man. I, I and that was really the crux of the column. I mean. Right. Do I think that Jack Johnson should be out of the lineup? Absolutely. If I were, if I were the coach of the Penguins, he would he would not be playing. But I'm not. Mike Sullivan is, and I think we all need to until he gives us reason to think otherwise. We need to just assume that Jack Johnson is going to play because he's had three disastrous, disastrous games and and and. Uh, I mean, the Johnson-Schultz pairing against the Islanders last year was a, was a catastrophe. The list goes on and on, dude. It just doesn't really seem like it just doesn't really seem like benching Johnson for whatever for whatever reason is kind of in Sullivan's purview. So I'm just assuming that that that's not going to happen. So if, if you take that as 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 a truth, then the question turns into like, all right, what could Sullivan conceivably do? And I think he could conceivably start Jari over, over Murray at this point. What does that change? What does that bring? Because I think I'd like to see it, but Brian and I were talking about this earlier on the show, that it's not choosing between the 937 save percentage Matt Murray of 2017 and the Marc-Andre Fleury who robbed Alex Ovechkin with the butt of his stick. Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest difference it's it, it's not even the high danger ch- chances where where those guys really differentiated themselves over over the course of this year, Jari and Murray. It's it's the it's the mid grade stuff where, you know, you call it a coin flip. Maybe those are the ones that we just see Murray continually uh, not 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 come up with it 
it's really the, at really the worst possible times. Jari, on the other hand, is, is really, really good at that. And those are the differences between, you know, winning and losing and good goalies and, and, and bad goalies. And that's when, and that's where, that's where Murray struggles. Like he's, he's still pretty good at making a hard save. He's, he, but he, where he really struggles, especially relative to Jari are those like, you know, five, sixes and sevens on, on a, on a scale of one to ten, and that's what the Canadians have have been getting, and those are the ones that he's been that he's been that he's been working on. Short of short sh- short of the Jeff Petrie goal at the at the end of at the end of the third period, there that was that was that was baffling across the board. So yeah, I, I think I, I think they just they need someone who's who's capable of uh, of of covering up at least some mistakes, and, and Murray just hasn't proven capable of doing that over over the last three games, really. Sean Gentile of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Uh, what's going on with Malkin? Because the first two games, I said, it's coming. And in fact, I bet on Malkin to score in Game 1. I like the Nick-Suzuki matchup. He was so good in Game 1, but it didn't go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to bet on Malkin to score in Game 2. That didn't happen. And I said, F it. You know what? Screw me. I'm a dumbass sports radio host. I've got all kinds of money to burn. I'm going to bet on him to score in Game 3. And I thought it was his worst of the series, so how do you sort of evaluate of getting Malkin's play through three games? I, you know, I always feel like yeah, game one was a great example. I, I didn't think he was great, um, but then you look at it at you, you look at this it's stuff after the game. You're like, wow, the dude did six shots or seven shots or whatever. Maybe maybe the breakout's coming. So I'm I'm totally I'm totally there with you. I thought he looked. Really progressively worse in, in games in games one two and three, but yeah, he needs to be he, he needs to be better. And um, I don't you know you, you you saw the work that he did on on that first power play goal. You thought maybe that was gonna that was, that was, that was gonna spark something in him, but yeah, they they need him to be better. You dude, you and I talked about it last week. Malkin versus Suzuki. It seemed like it seemed like it was where you know the. The, the difference between the, the, the Penguins and the Canadians was really was really going to make itself obvious. You know, you take Evgeny Malkin over, over Nick Suzuki. Both of us said it like ten times out of ten, and that 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 hasn't been the case. Nick Suzuki's out there scoring goals, and Evgeny Malkin isn't. So yeah, it's it's time. They 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 need something from from uh, from that line, especially especially with the third line being a just a complete a complete non-factor. Some, some, something needs to happen there for sure. How harsh is too harsh on a guy like Mike Sullivan? I'm a big Sully defender usually, but you know I got to get out into the internet and I got to find a way to keep myself ahead of everyone else when it comes to the overreaction here, uh, losing a playoff series, or not even yet losing the playoff series. And it's not that I suggested that Mike Sullivan be fired, um, but I'm wondering if we're now at the point where, okay, he's absolutely not beyond reproach. I mean, Jack Johnson keeps playing. Uh, is Marlowe going to keep playing? They're playing the wrong goalie. Like I feel like a lot of this is in in right is falling on Mike Sullivan. I mean, good coaches can make bad decisions, and good coaches can have blind spots. We've seen it not just with Mike Sullivan, and not just in hockey. We've seen it. We've seen it here, you know, across sports with 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 different dudes in in this town. Like, a, not 
not er- not everything is perfect. And but at the same time, I what's gone on with Sullivan over the last you know couple weeks or couple years is is it's is that it's tough to even understand the logic. Like I, I yeah, I get theoretically what Jack Johnson is supposed to bring. You know, he likes him on the PK, and there's like certain certain sort of qualities that you know he theoretically has. But I don't understand how you can watch these games and and, and think he, he's he's anything but a detriment. And then to make matters worse, if you're looking for consistency or some sort of you know, coherent set of guidelines that goes in the lineup decisions. You have you have him being really, really quick on the hook for Jared McCann. Like, 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 what mm-hmm. I, is? It, can you? I can't make the argument that, that, that Jared McCann objectively was worse at his job in, in the first two games than than Jack Johnson was. It's it's, it's just not possible. So, yeah, I, I think that, and I think that's a problem. I I, I think it's it's really tough to understand the rationale. And then you start throwing the fact that it seems like maybe there's different different standards for for different players. I, I think that's I, I think that's where you really open yourself for second guessing and and uh, all all these questions around Sullivan and, and I I saw I saw what you wrote earlier earlier today or or, or, le, or last night or whatever it was. All the all all that stuff is fair because because, because he's getting out coached badly by by Claude Julien right now. I hate when people who are great writers read my terrible blogs. Uh, John Gentili <laughs> of The Athletic. Uh, writing is not takes, my thing. Joins us here. You got, you got takes, baby. That's all that matters. See, that well, is all that matters. You just throw the takes out well, there. Well-articulated takes. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Look, here's the thing, Sean. It's all about the headline. I mean, it's just about the clicks. At least that's, that's what the what the people tell me. I mean, geez. Uh, Sean, if really I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. I'll, I'll talk Take to you care. guys soon. All right. That is Sean Gentili of The Athletic. I think that he might have been gearing up to say something else there, and then I just totally stepped on him and said, yeah. okay, see you, bye. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what happened. What happened. Yep. Because I wanted to start the segment off with non-hockey talk, and then I thought about ending the segment with non-hockey talk because transparency is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. We just tell the truth around these parts. <laughs> uh, you know a lot about me if you listen to the show, and unfortunately for Brian and Tom, I mean, you wind up lo- learning about a lot about them. Brian goes, that dude gets high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't That's what he said about Gentile. He said, that dude gets high. Not in a, I didn't say it in a mean way. I mean, don't make it sound like it was not a at all. thing. It was an observation. It was like, that dude definitely gets high. I took it honestly as a compliment. <laughs> that dude gets high. Yeah. That dude gets after it. That dude's cool. Uh, I really, I have a lot of admiration for Sean Gentile. I think he does a freaking awesome job. And I can't say it enough. And we're not paid to say any of this, but I love hockey, right? So I have an admiration and respect for anybody in this town that helps the sport grow. I think the athletic and the coverage that they put together, uh, covering the Penguins in the NHL overall, uh, I think it's wonderful for this town. Uh, to help people understand. And I'll tell you what, sometimes during a game, I lose my mind and fly off the handle, right? Again, honesty coming from Crowley, I like the Penguins. I want to see them win. It's my favorite sports team in town. And when they don't, and when things go cataclysmically wrong the way that they did yesterday, sometimes i got to wake up in the morning, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack, as Kesha would say, you know, the hair of the dog, 
And I gotta read what some other people are putting out there where they're devoid of the emotion, and then I gotta think, okay, where am I right and where am I wrong on this kind of stuff? Because there's a lot of times where the emotion's the right thing. And I'll get into that coming up next, because we've done a lot of analysis on today's show. Rob Rossi, Sean Gentili, Jesse Marshall, all them dudes from The Athletic. But the emotion to me that I put into that poorly written blog, the emotion whenever I'm watching the end of that game last night, I was emotional for a reason. I was pissed for a reason. I'll get to that next. It's the Crowley Show. He gets high. It's in Pittsburgh. Shaw Precision Guns. Bridgeville is the place to go when looking for your next firearm. Whether home defense, hunting, or target, the experts at Shaw Precision Guns will help you find what is best for you. Visit Shaw Precision Guns, Bridgeville, Washington Avenue. Ah, Sean just, he, he tweeted me. He said, headline in three paragraphs, that's all that matters. That's all he was saying at the end before he got off. That's all you need. I can't tell if I'm more su- I'm I don't know if I'm more surprised when people read one of my blogs from start to finish, although they're never very long, or that they've actually been able to pick up the radio show while they're driving somewhere around town. I mean, both things are very surprising to me. Yeah, no, it's always a shock when people actually know we're here. It's cool. Yeah. Usually can't even hear the station from the parking lot. I know you're here, man. I hear you every day. Same with my wife, who's two doors down <laughs> trying to bathe the baby. This is where Steelers Nation plants its flag. Your home of the Steelers. We're excited about getting the job done, obviously. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM, 1047 HD2, the iHeartRadio app. And now on the new and improved signal in Allegheny County, 106.3 FM. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN and the iHeartRadio app. It seems like four score and seven years ago when the Penguins (laughs) lost to the Islanders last year. uh, Game number four was a day that'll live in infamy. (laughs) And it was a total bummer. Just total bummer. That right there, by the way, was a total inside joke after... The conversation we were just having off the air. I want to think that the Penguins can beat the 24th best team in hockey two games in a row. Uh, I want to think that they can find it within themselves and that the guy who's won two championships, Mike Sullivan, can push the right buttons. Uh, I want to think that after four and a half months of no effing hockey or sport that the team that I enjoy most watching could play for more than a mother bleeping week. I'd, I'd love to feel that way. If Kenny Malkin says it's not over, Patrick Hornquist says when they play their best, then they can beat these guys. They should not have had to be saying those things in this series. If Kenny Malkin saying it's not over, should have been after the Penguins were up 2-1 in the series or 2-0 in the series. It's not over. we got to stay to our game, right? Like, that would have made sense to me. Patrick Hornick was talking about how the Penguins, when they play their best, they're overwhelming or, or something to that effect. Would have made sense to me if the Penguins were up 2-1 to one in the series, not down two games to one. They can do it. 
if Tristan Jari's in net, I'll feel a little bit better. Uh, I think that might send a message to the collective group. But I'm not confident, and at this point, I would not predict the Penguins to win the series. And just like when we came into this thing, I thought anybody who would pick the Habs would just be a Montreal homer or somebody that's trying to stir the bleep, right? If anybody now, after we've watched these first three games, would pick the Penguins, you're either a homer or you're just a pessimistic Habs fan or you're like a Flyers or a Capitals fan. You're saying, oh, don't, Pittsburgh's going to be fine. Logic would tell me no. But shirtless Tom, he has been known to rile this group up. Shirtless Tom in the past has come forth with the hashtag shirtless Tom March of the Penguins. Shirtless Tom has beat his chest, and he has gotten the Penguins from out of playoff contention, not this past March, but the March before, all the way into the playoffs. Shirtless Tom, do you have faith? Because I'm out on this team right now. Yeah, I've got unwavering faith right now. This is not the time for the boys to have their heads down in that locker room, all right? This might be unfamiliar territory playing hockey in August, but trailing in a series is not unfamiliar territory for our boys, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Think back to 9 Down 2-0 to the Capitals. What do they do? We get to Game 7, we kick their ass, and we move on. Fast forward two rounds later to the Stanley Cup Final in 9 Uh-oh. Down 2-0 to the Red Wings again. This thing's over. Not so fast. We're coming back, and we're winning this thing in another Game 7. Let's fast forward to 2016. Oh, no, we're down 3-2 to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Conference Finals. How are we ever going to rally and get past them and get to the Finals? Well, guess what? We did two straight games right in your face. Suck it, Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to the Cup Finals, and we're winning that thing. 2017, down 2-1 to the Senators. That was nothing. That was nothing. When the next two games go up 3-2, yeah, we choked a little bit in Game 6, but that's all right. You know, we're just trying to get the ratings boost for the NHL, get a Game 7 going, win that double overtime, win the whole freaking thing. This is not unfamiliar territory for us Penguins. We've done this so many times, it's becoming old hat for us. And I am just so sick and tired of hearing how great of a franchise the Montreal Canadiens are. You know what? Their time is over. Screw them. This is our time. So look at the man on the left, look at the man on the right, and go out there and take it from them. I mean, a lot of wheeze dropped in there, by the way. I'm not sure Sidney Crosby would know you from the other shirtless guy that he sees walking down Fifth Avenue. Penguins March, okay, and uh, it's in August, but it's a March in August, and we're all a part of it, all right? And the reason why you can't recognize that, Crowley, is why you sit on the sidelines and call them and the Penguins, while all of us on this bandwagon to another Stanley Cup are going to call them we because we're all a family here. Well, we, coming from your mouth, the Penguins, uh, also didn't win the Stanley Cup in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 18 or 19, and now they're Irrelevant. down two games to one. I mean, I that, mean, was, that, uh, I mean wasn't, it, that wasn't we. That was them. That was them, and that's irrelevant. And how dare you bring that up right now? Another reason why I think you're a Penguins hater, to bring up the negative when we're trying to spin this thing positively. Did Mark bring my name up today on the show at all? Mark, uh, every 40 seconds on the nose. Okay, that sounds like it's an exaggeration. No, he actually did bring you. up your blog. Did he read it? He liked the blog, huh? He said you were nuts. Really? That's all right. Nuts is good. That's still good. You know what's funny is 
Mark right. says that the blog that I wrote saying that Mike Sullivan might be past his shelf life is nuts, and he says it's an overreaction, and then the next thing out of his keyboard, right, that he tweets to me is, but they're done. It's over. They can't do anything anymore. Okay, well, <laughs> what's the overreaction here? Because maybe you're right, Mark, and maybe the people who say that this dynasty is over are right, okay, but... Mike Sullivan's still not pushing all the right buttons. And in fact, right now he's pushing more wrong buttons than right. I am a big Mike Sullivan fan. I'm a Guinness fan. I'm an Irishman. I like hockey. We've got loads in common. Here's the thing, though. Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz can't be playing in game number four. They are sieves. And Justin Schultz, he was just as culpable as Jack Johnson was. These two guys, by themselves, when they're on the ice, are dragging the Penguins into an abyss. Jared McCann has two bad games. Jared McCann gets set up to the press box to sit next to Dan Kingerski at Pittsburgh Hockey now, who's the only Pittsburgh dude in the freaking bubble. Maybe Dave Molinari is there if they ever got him out of custody uh, from the Mountie police there at the border. He sends him up to the damn press box because he had two crappy games. Easy there, crown man. But what he doesn't do is see that Jack Johnson's had a bad two years and put him in the press box. I, I don't get it. There's inconsistency there. Now, you could try to talk me through it and use your hockey savantness. Right? And I'm talking to people out there. Well, here's why it's inconsistent, Crowley. It's not actually inconsistent. Look, Mike Sullivan likes to play the left and the right defenseman. I was trying to get my thoughts there, Tom. He likes to get the left and the right defenseman on every pair, and he doesn't trust Yuso Rikula. That's what the people will say. Okay, fine. He doesn't trust Yuso Rikula. He should still trust him more than Jack Johnson. Uh, you can talk about not liking the analytics, but the underlying metrics tell me that Yuso Rikula is a better player, and my eyes tell me that Jack Johnson right now stinks out freaking loud. If... Jared McCann is bad enough to be thrust into the press box and have to sit on Dave Molinari's lap, then why in the world can't Jack Johnson be sat down? Okay? So I've got a problem with that. I've got a problem with, with five minutes to go in the third period yesterday. Mike Sullivan throws the Lafferty line out there with Jack Johnson in an offensive zone faceoff. The Penguins have been having trouble the last 14 minutes and 37 seconds of getting the puck into the Montreal end to set up any sort of type of offense at all. And instead of getting that faceoff and utilizing that to set the offense up in zone, no, 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 you got to hide Jack Johnson and you got to hide Lafferty. Well, instead of hiding them on the ice in the final five-ish minutes of a pivotal game number three, how about you hide their asses in the press box with Dan freaking Kingerski? How about that? For God's sake, and I love Mike Sullivan. He's also playing the wrong goalie and has the entirety of the series, something that Mark and a lot of others agree with me on. It should have been... Tristan Jari the whole time. So, if we're disagreeing with everything the coach is doing, and a lot of us are disagreeing with everything the coach is doing, how in the world is the coach not culpable? And I didn't say fire Mike Sullivan. I think that would be an overreaction. But has he lost the thread? I think there's a legitimate chance of that. And, and, he's getting out coached by Claude Julien right now. And it's, it's frustrating. Claude's a good coach, just like Barry Trotz. But, what, you're going to get out-coached now in three straight series? 
and we're going to just say it's not your fault at all. Is he the biggest problem? Well, I'd like him getting Malkin to score goals. I wish the third line didn't suck ass. Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz, have we talked about them? But he's not pushing the right buttons. In fact, he's pushed a lot of wrong buttons, and he's not beyond reproach. Madden always says, you're allowed to criticize your favorite players. Of course you are. You're allowed to criticize the two-time Stanley Cup champion winning coach. And the way that I would do this is, if the Penguins lose this series, it's an embarrassment. It's the worst series defeat they face in the Sidney Crosby era, bar none. I would still have Mike be my coach. You've got a really weird offseason coming up. And then what? If they suck through, I don't know, halfway through the next season, maybe then you let Mike Sullivan go. I would keep him after this, but... It doesn't mean that you can't criticize him. That's all I'm doing. Nailed it. Crown man. Sorry, Tom. I don't have a lot of faith right now. I'm emotional. I love that. Oh, why are you apologizing to me for? I, mean, I wasn't against you on that one. I'm agreeing with you on all of that stuff. Yeah, I love how you Mark's just... your best friend. I love how you just uh, you attack Tom there. You set him up like, hey, Madden talk about me, and then you got a segment out of it. Right, like, and I was just telling the truth. Like, yeah, he talked about you. He said this, and then it was all of a sudden. I felt, I felt like when you were really getting heated up there. Like Brian said, it was aimed towards me. Like I could feel it coming through the phone, kind of like spitting hot fire at my face. And I was just like, whoa, this. Wait, don't shoot the messenger here, man. I'm just trying to relay the message. Well, to you. Tom, let me tell you something. There, there's something I'm about to reveal that not a lot of people know. Oh, uh, Mark. Oh, no. He will text me, right? And he'll be like, Crowley, say something outlandish, <laughs> and I'll react to it on okay. my show. Yeah. And then he'll say something outlandish, and then I'll react to it on this show. It's how we got through the pandemic. Yeah, Mark Madden, known texter. Yeah, he texts all the time. He's always texting on his phone. I actually drive by his house, and if he leaves the vase in the front window, then I know i got to give a silly take. And if the vase is not there, I know that that night he's got the silly nice. take. Like a Paul Revere kind bear. of thing. <laughs> vase, yes, huh? the a vase takes her. Takes the vase her, out. Takes her. Takes her coming. Is it vase or vase? Doesn't matter. Up next, we've got the Penguins song because we're uh-huh. not doing a show tomorrow because the game is playing at the time that my show is going to be on. So it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh for us here on the Crowley Show, and we've got not Corona talk. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Turn your fleet of vehicles into mobile billboards for your business with our custom printed commercial wraps and graphics. It's time to increase sales and generate more leads with Body by Cochran Customization. Boy, a lot of people clicked uh, clicked this Penguins column I wrote. Blog. Sorry, blog. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you start firing a head coach, and all of a sudden you're going to get a lot I of I didn't clicks. fire him. I said he yeah. might, might be past his expiration date. You like, knew what the headline was going to do. I'm tipping your... Yeah, and then it leaves me the room to escape out the back door. Whatever I said, I said, May. Yeah, sports radio, am I right? That's how you do it, Crown Man. Give yourself an escape. escape out the back door. Yep. Just like that beetle and the frogs. Yeah, when it crawled out of the ass. Yeah. 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 So Crowley did in the blog. He crawled out of the ass of the block. I thought you were talking about the Beatles, and they never survive anything. No, the water beetle. Well, Paul does. John doesn't. Ringo, yeah. John definitely. No, John, that's unfortunate. They're basically the Kennedys. Yeah. Mm. Except. I mean. Different. Catcher in the Rye. This report is sponsored by Sherwood. Limitations apply. 
Tweet at him at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, no, finish your tweet. It's not, that's fine. Just give us a second. There you go. Hashtag it. This is the Adam Crowley Show on 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. Everybody was The Flyers beat the Capitals. And so, on Saturday, it's Lightning v. Flyers for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And it's Capitals v. Bruins to see who gets the three or four seed in the Eastern Conference. Which means if the Penguins would somehow survive, it shirtless Tom says they will, they would play either the Bruins or the Capitals in round number one, or the real round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I want to talk about this because the Penguins are down 2-1 to one in their series against Montreal, so it's funny to me to actually look ahead, right? Because why Why would we? I mean, it's like you got diagnosed with a terminal illness, and it's like, I can't wait to go on vacation next year. Sorry, dead. They probably aren't beating Montreal. I don't feel good about it. But if they do... I'd rather him see the Capitals. The Capitals' defense, I think, is terrible. And I think that playing Washington, you kind of know what you're going to get if you're the Penguins. And vice versa. Think about this. The Penguins have really struggled with Montreal to the point where I don't even think they're going to beat them. But if they did, don't you kind of figure that the series against Washington is just going to go long? It's kind of going to be one of them coin flip series. It always is. It goes 6, goes OT. It goes 7. That's what's happened the four times they've played in the Crosby and Malkin eras with the Penguins having won three of the four series. So I think you'd much rather play them. The Bruins have looked bad. But you'd rather play the Capitals because I think that the Penguins know what to expect. And I think that the Penguins sort of find a different level when they play Washington. At least that's what we've seen the past couple of years. Uh, but you've got to take care of Montreal first. And really, by take care, I mean... Hang on, survive, hope you win a game four, and then all bets are off in a decisive, oh my God, nerve-wracking, vomit-inducing <laughs> game number five. Tom, screw you and your optimism. Wow. What? Wow. For That's what it. That's all I got. What was that? Why did I deserve that? You didn't. We'll get to not Corona talk in a moment. I just used it to find my spot on my notes. This loss... <laughs> In this series would be the worst loss for the Penguins in the Crosby-Malkin era. I think Mark Madden wrote that it would be their most embarrassing series loss of all time. I don't know. I mean, you go back to 1975, blowing that series to the Islanders, that's pretty doggone bad. And uh, you lose to Volick in the Islanders in 93, that's pretty doggone bad. At any rate, it's the worst loss in the Crosby-Malkin era if they're unable to come back and win this thing. And here's the reason why. Crosby and Malkin are three-time cup champs. They come into this series thinking they've got a shot to win one right now. That This is their last best chance to hoist the cup, and now for the fourth time. The front office, the coaching staff, the dressing room, 
they all believe coming into this thing, and I'm sure they still do, that the Penguins are every bit good enough to win the Cup. They don't look at what's happened these last couple of games and go, we're done. No, they think we're good enough. We just got to survive this. And in fact, that's the expectation in that room. This franchise expects to win, not to flame out in the first playoff round that they play for two years in a row. But if you flip over to Montreal, Mark Bergevin sold at the deadline. I'm sure Claude Julien, if you gave him truth serum right now, really wants to win this series. I bet you before the series he's thinking, I'd like to have Alexis Lafreniere on my top line for the next 15 years. This team was sellers at the deadline. They won 17 games in regulation all year long. The fan base in Montreal wants Alexis Lafreniere. They're not a playoff team. They shouldn't be here. Now, the Penguins shouldn't be here, right? Like The Penguins shouldn't be (laughs) down two games to one in this series. But Montreal was put into these playoffs, put into this qualifying round, given a seat at the table because of the eyeballs on the TV sets. Montreal Canadian fans are passionate, and they're going to watch their team. Even if they really want Alexis Lafreniere, you tell them that whenever Jeff Petrie's banking one on in off of Matt Murray's neck. You tell me that they ain't cheering. You tell me that they aren't moaning in French whenever they're making love to their wives after the game that they just saw them play against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the fan base coming in and the general manager prior to, they don't, they don't expect to win. They don't expect to be here. And that's what's so frustrating is that this Montreal team wins 17 regulation games this year and is now up a game in the qualifying round of the Stanley Cup playoffs when they don't believe they have nothing to play for. It doesn't matter the same way to them that it does or it should to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And maybe something along those lines is why it's happening. Maybe it's because Montreal says, "Eh, what do we got to lose? There's zero pressure. Okay, that's fine. But I don't care how loosey-goosey these Montreal Canadiens are. I don't care how they feel about this from a we've-got-nothing-to-lose standpoint. They shouldn't be beating the Pittsburgh Penguins in this best-of-five series. Maybe they won't, but right now it sure doesn't feel good to be a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Unless, do we have the song? Can we do the Penguins song before we do not Corona Talk? Because I need to cheer myself up. We can. Yeah, you want to do it? Tom, sing it up. Crosby, you got some a-holes in town. I said, Crosby, put your skates on the ground. I said, Crosby, making a-holes all frown. And make all us fans feel happy. Get so it's time to make them all know I said cancel Make the ghost start to flow Pens are playing Down at PPG Paints And you're sure to have a good time It's fun to play with the P-E-N-S It's fun to play with the P-E-N-S They play hard and strong For the fans to enjoy It's fun to play with the P-E-N-S
It's fun to play with the P-E-N-S They play hard and strong For the fans to enjoy Play with a-holes like little toys It's fun to play with the P-E-N-S It's fun to play with the P-E-N-S all right, that geeked me up a little bit more, little but bit? there's Just a bit? there's something that's making me a little bummed, though. And it's reading some of the quotes from the Penguins today. Are the Penguins good enough to win the next two games? Of course they freaking are. Are you kidding me? And Montreal's absolutely uh, a team that could lose each of the next two games. I, I don't have any doubt about that, I suppose. But the problem is Malkin's talking about playing the right way, giving the team the best chance to win. Hornquist is saying we got to play the right way. It gives us the best chance to win. It's all about chance because no matter how well you play, luck can F you in the A, and there's now zero margin for error for the next two games. And that's why if they win tomorrow, okay, it's all up in the air, right? Obviously. Then it's any man's game in a game number five. But you got to be perfect for two games, and, well, you got to not get the bad luck in two games. Let's get away from Penguins hockey. I'd like to start my weekend happy. It's time for Not Corona Talk. Not Corona, a talk on Crowley's show. Don't you say another word about this virus. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Corona, uh. a talk on Crowley's show. Say some things about normal life, which is what we've all missed. Oh, yeah. Not Corona, a talk on Crowley's show. Don't you say another word about this virus, yeah. <laughs> that last part was, I right, Awesome lyric. Okay, guys, uh, not Corona talk. Actually, when I came, when I found this one, I thought of Kabali immediately. I don't know why. Well, you'll know why as soon as I read this story here. But there's a phenomenon, and the Japanese are onto this phenomenon. They 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 have have been onto it for years. They know it happens. They see it happens. It's like common like joke amongst a lot of Japanese. Like, hey, you go here, this is going to happen to you. Okay, so the thing that's going to happen to you is a bowel movement. Mm, the place, the place mm. that you go to when it happens is the bookstore. Mm. Japanese, a lot of people believe that there are there's a correlation between going to a bookstore and having to go number two. Mm. And it's such a thing like, oh, you're going to the you're going to the bookstore. You better bring your toilet paper. Like, it's like a whole thing that's going on there to the point where scientists have actually tried to figure out a link scientifically between the two. So there's like a Japanese version of a uh, show that's like Mythbusters, and it, it's it's in Japanese, and I can't pronounce the thing, but it's basically Mythbusters, Japanese style, and they actually tackled this thing to try to figure out whether or not there was some kind of correlation here. And they did figure out that there is actually a correlation to people that go to a bookstore and then have to, well, move their bowels. And it's a big deal, man. I mean, so like... There are all kinds of conspiracy theories going on, too. Some people think that the actual book industry, now follow me on this, they put chemicals 
into the papers when they're processed, like the papers and the ink that are used to print these books, that they actually put certain chemicals in there to make you then have to do this eventually, keeping you in a bookstore longer or maybe having to read the book a little longer and maybe getting into it. Mm. You know, so this is a thing. I mean, do you guys, like, if you go into a bookstore, do you have this happen? I haven't been into a bookstore in probably the time, since probably the time I was in diapers at around two years old. So Seriously? I don't I don't know if I could really answer this question. I know I love the smell of a bookstore, uh, the smell of a, of a library, but I can't tell you the last time I actually went into a bookstore and if I in fact took a dump in that said bookstore. Tom, I'm glad you said library also because it does happen in libraries too. They're under that as well. So it's some sort of book connection. And I yeah. spend I spent like. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time in bookstores, like especially when I was living living in Portland, because that's what you do out there. You look for chips <laughs> in a bookstore, and I can tell you, it's if my rare public appearance appearances as far as number two, a lot of them have, have happened in uh, bookstores. They really have. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Fascinating development. I don't know if it's scientific, but I'm just saying. Thinking back, Crowman can go in a bookstore. My wife. My wife poops a lot of time. She's gonna love that I say this in Marshalls. Like she'll walk into a Marshalls, <laughs> they have books, and she'll she'll always have to take a poop. Yeah, they do have books in Marshalls. That's a good point by you. So potentially there's some sort of correlation there. Uh, the place that always makes me go to the bathroom is wherever I am in the morning. <laughs> I mean, that, I realize the correlation <laughs> there would just be the morning That's a time correlation. But yeah. it is it, like if I have like let's say like when I'm filling in for pursuit on the DV morning show. I would not be pooping at 6.12 normally, but if I'm going in the morning show and I show up there because I've been awake for like an hour, I'm going to take a dump in the studio. Who let the dogs out? Wow. Speaking in of dumping, the dogs Penguins might need to do some of that. Get behind that date <laughs> of the Montreal Canadiens. Will we see Tristan Jari tomorrow? Will we see Evan Rodriguez? Will Jack Johnson be fired into the sun? <laughs> well, I'll talk to you about this at 3.30 tomorrow on an ESPN Pittsburgh Facebook page pregame show. But I will not be talking to you at 4, because that's what time the Penguins will be, hopefully not losing to the Montreal Canadiens. We'll react to all of it at, on Monday at 4 p.m. Peace out. Or something, I don't know.